JJ, can you rearrange the order in the audio mixer? In OBS, there's an audio mixer in the middle. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Can you rearrange the order of things in there? I only have two things. I don't know. Gotcha. Well, fine, then. <laughs> I bet you could delete them all and no, re-add them no, and no, then get them no, in the order you want. No, but that no, would work, no, I bet. No, 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 no. <laughs> Speaking of rearranging the order, hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of We Were Gamers, where I get to host this week. I Who are it. you? <laughs> I'm Michael, and with me as always are Andy and JJ. Hey Michael. Hey Michael. Hey guys, hey, how you doing? Hey, hey people other than Michael. <laughs> Hello world. Oh man. It's good to be back. <laughs> it's good to be inside on a, what is going to be a rainy couple of days here. I... Have you, JJ, we're a California native. Mm-hmm. I do remember falls and winters like this, but it has been an interesting amount of sporadic, non-huge storms. Uh, now, in other places in California, they are huge storms. Uh, there's like serious problems in Northern California, like serious, yeah. serious problems. Right. Southern California is not getting it as bad as other places in California. I mean, we've gotten a little bit of like flash flood warning stuff, but nothing, nothing like the 10 inches in two days or whatever that the San Francisco Bay Area got. Uh, but it's 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 been a long time since I can remember just like two or three months of every other week where every week getting rain. I th- I feel like I recall this happening in the past, right? Like weeks and months where it would just be like drenched. But I don't remember it being this time of year. I remember it being earlier. Yeah, I think you're and right. Maybe maybe it's just seasons change and the world turns and now the months move forward a little bit or whatever. Well, we because also I remember the hottest uh, months being in August and now the hottest months around here are actually like September, October. Yeah, yeah oh, definitely. And uh, Santa Ana winds, which is like a wind event we get in Southern California, used to be only in the fall and now they're in the spring and the fall. Climate change. I don't know. Amen. Gotta, gotta be something. The main Australia. It's just raining and cold. You're right. Yeah. Well, speaking of the cold, have you knocked the snow off your boots, Andy? Uh, yeah. It snowed for real in Colorado. Colorado, hey. thank you for having us in your wonderful state. Uh, I got to drink fresh Colorado River ice water. That was nice. And we weren't actually near the Colorado River, but there was, you know, glaciers and ice and all sorts of fun stuff. It was, it literally snowed while we were driving through the pass to get to where we were staying to go skiing. And, uh, it was one of those, Ooh, I'm glad we have all wheel drive kind of moments. Yeah. My memory of that pass is it's a very high up mountain road and not that it's like super windy, but probably good to have all-wheel drive oh you're thinking of when we went through winter uh to uh vale that's where i'm thinking of yeah you guys went somewhere else that one's pretty 
good because it's wide so we can get maintenance uh we went through the pass to winter park which becomes kind of like one ish lane per side up and over mm. a mountain uh that was fun <laughs> i've been on those roads in california in the summertime <laughs> yeah it makes kind of a difference yeah yeah i mean you kind of know the road to big bear um imagine you're yeah. you know a couple thousand feet higher up and it's snowing well not the best well, you know um it's a good life skill to learn right because you can get you can do it you just gotta learn and do so I'm, so i'm supposed to mash the accelerator right as the turn <laughs> is coming up and just like crank <laughs> the wheel over as hard as possible every time right i you know i only slid the car one time and it was in reaction to someone else who lives in colorado sliding their car okay that's not bad yeah yeah it can get icy it was fun though good skiing up there gotta say well i don't ski but you know Uh, okay i I snowboard better better than mammoth or no yeah probably okay i always come like mammoth is the one i've been to the most and is also at least of places i've been to like maybe the biggest and most varied so i would say better than that that's pretty good i would say mammoth is a very finely tuned machine uh they have the park designed in ways that make sense to me as a californian skier that learned in mammoth Mm -hmm. where like okay here are the bunny hills and they're right there they're they're right in front they're they're where everybody can see them they're not hard to get to they are all together and they all are kind of like tooled for the type of skiers and snowboarders that are there mm-hmm. um then you know the blues kind of fan out from there and the the black runs are near the top and you you can get down on blues from the top but really, if you are up there, you're trying, you know, so like the, the, they, they striate the mountain into parts, right? This one was kind of that way instead of horizontally, uh, a little bit more vertically, which still kind of makes sense to me. You know, you go down the left side of the mountain and you do it all on, you know, diamond runs and then you go back up and you can come back down the diamond runs. Not a ton of blue runs. Uh, most of the blue runs get you to other diamonds. But even then, not that many blue runs in the middle. And then they stuck most of the green runs to the right. And if if you want to go around, you have to traverse. Which, on skis, not that bad, right? You just sort of just glide along and push when you need to. Traversal yeah. on a snowboard is pretty boring and difficult because you just ride an edge the entire way. And hope you don't slow down too much. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, the uh, the one time when poles are useful on the ski uh, for downhill skiing, right, is then. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, to me and the way that I think the way that they have separated the mountain uh, is different and not the way I personally like because one time I made a wrong turn and I had to go. I even walked to try and get to a different 
ski run to try and get back to the path to the main lodge, but instead I couldn't, and I had to go on a lift to go back to then retry and not make the wrong turn to get back to the main lodge, right? Yeah, not what you want. No, not particularly, and it's a problem on every mountain. I mean, even Mammoth has three different lodges, so... Yep, I was just going to say, there's always some place you can get to that if you make the wrong turn, you end up in this other side of the mountain, and there's no way back. Yeah, it's not a unique problem, but it seemed much more difficult considering where things were located in order to re-meet up with people, so just an observation. Um, but its quality of the ski runs was amazing because we were getting fresh powder and, you know, it's just so crispy. It's up, it gets a little icy just like it does a mammoth, but, um, it's fresh. It was real fresh. You could tell. Yeah. There's my review snowboarding in winter park. Sounds like a good time. A plus. Would do again. Well, very cool. Um, I hear Andy though, that while you were away, you thought up a question for JJ and I, I did. I, I find myself with a habit and I wanted to know if you guys have habits too. Yeah. There's uh, one down the street. Uh, yeah. We found a hop dotty in Colorado, which was somewhat surprising. Oh, that's cool. We didn't eat there. There's, there's more local places to try. I'm just saying not that hop dotty's bad. Uh, in COTC, there's no reason I need to do it, but I always find myself teleporting back to town before I'm done for the night. So like, okay, I'm in the bad bonfire, you know, area and I've finished doing the thing, but I don't have anything left to do for the night. All my dailies are done and I've killed all the elites. I still fast travel back to town before I quit for the night. A particular and, town or just whatever's closest? Um, Usually it ends up being Nameless Town or Theatropolis because I like the layout of being able to get to the blacksmith really quickly. Yep. Um, but no, it could be anything that's nearby. It's just a habit that I picked up from playing World of Warcraft. Got to press and, at the end and uh, Star Wars, the older public. You got to get back to town or an inn or whatever in order to, you know, rest for the night. And I was wondering. I know Michael, you didn't really play many MMOs, but you know, you play a lot of RPGs. I was wondering if you've like noticed your own habits, if you've picked up anything weird like that, where it's like there's no reason in COTC you have to go back to town. There's no reason in, you know, any game that isn't the game you picked up the habit to do what you do. Yeah. So for me that, that habit, the like rest before, before you turn it off comes from old JRPGs where you could only rest and save at an inn or a save statue, right? You had to be at a save point. Um, and so before that's just what you did before turning the game off. So you didn't lose progress. Um, in this though, in COTC, I would say that up until the uh, the December update, yes, I would do the same thing. I would warp back to a town before I turned it off. And usually it was Nameless Town to set up for the daily collection stuff the next day. But with the update, you don't need to. 
so I have I have mostly broken that habit in the last month um, of realizing that I can just open the map and collect the nameless town stuff with one button touch right from there, and then close the map and and pick up right where I was. Yeah, and and uh, to add on, like it's actually actively good to never go to the nameless town now because there's nothing that you need to do there unless you're really uh, the, trying to blow money. On yeah, your, the Coda. there's Coda. Coda and the the guy where you can buy mem shards if you want. Yeah, but that's a a money trap. <laughs> but like, <laughs> yes, I noticed. <laughs> but like, you know, I so personally because I haven't been collecting any of the weapons that Coda has, and I don't feel the need to throw all my money away. <laughs> um, I just like close the game wherever I happen to be. I'm in a dungeon. I just close it there. I don't go back to town because there's no benefit to going back to town when you can use the free ad Kate to heal. Yeah. Yes. And I don't use the ad Kates most days because I'm lazy and it's like more work to do. And I'm just trying to like finish my dailies most days anyway, you know, unless I have a specific objective. Um, so yeah, I just kind of like stay wherever I am, but that does get me sometimes when like I come back and i like stopped in the nameless tower or whatever. And I'm like, all right, let's fight the next elite. And you just like walk into the elite and like, oh, uh, my dead. Is, yeah. <laughs> didn't leave myself in the best place. Yeah. But do you find like in other games, uh, like you've been playing Bayonetta a lot. Do you have like weird habits from like Prince of Persia that you, def- you know what I mean? Like that I'm game, thinking so, of. Yeah, I do definitely like n- most games feel the need to go somewhere to to save or whatever like i want to finish a level i want to be in the like overworld screen i want to be doing something like that um like i developed uh in in this game i specifically broke that habit for the same reason michael said of like oh during this update now i don't ever need to continually because i always closed it at nameless town before for a similar reason right where it's mm-hmm. like i'm gonna start here my first thing i log in i'm gonna hit this per- these people do my little loop go the thing go fight these mobs, you know whatever all that stuff exactly and now that i don't have that i can just sort of stop wherever i am and just put the phone down yeah i don't know but i had like weird habits i picked up in hearthstone too where it'd be like uh before i would log out for the day i'd always go through my card collection and i would always do the like uh sharding last you know what i mean and that's I do the exchange thing last and see like I I don't know. The, the maybe I'm a little wow bit too compulsive. Is that <laughs> yeah. But like weird habits specifically about like having or were born because of like the weird restrictions in WoW of like your Hearthstone can only link you back to one place. And so you were always gonna save there or wherever the place where the auction house was, that's always where you were gonna log out so you could do that when you came back in. And like this game and doesn't have that now for me anymore. Um, but like I, I do still do it in other games that have, you know, those sorts of restrictions, but I, I feel a lot of games are being better about just letting you save wherever. Um, That's a good point. I think, I think you're right. And Michael's right. You know, like um, it, it makes a lot of sense that as games try to, and, and the steam deck and switch and your phone and other things that have the memory, to just sit in suspended mode, you know, are going to change that a lot. And, you know, you don't have to go to a save point. You could just click the, click the game closed and open it back up again. Yeah. And I think it's, it's also, you know, 
companies having uh, maybe more of a respect for people's time and a better understanding of how how people spend their time and how people game these days compared to, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Or like making the conscious decision to say that, like, okay, only saving at save points was like an artificial way of doing certain things. And those things are not important for the game that they're trying to make. Right. And so, like, why not just let them save anywhere? Who cares? You know, oh, okay, well, you can't save in battle, but anywhere outside of battle is the same as anywhere else. You know, why not? Yeah. And I, I know you guys probably, like me, have made the choice in the past of, like, I only have a half hour. I know if I play X game, I'm going to have to get to a certain point before I can stop and turn it off again. I don't have that kind of time. I'm going to go play something else. That's the reason I don't even start some games. I just let them sit in my Steam library. I'm like... It's true. I mean, it, you know, it's part of the reason that it's hard for me to go back to a lot of old games uh, without, like, emulators and save states because I am not likely to, you know, okay, like, yeah, this I loved this RPG. I would love to play it again. But, like, I know the save states, you know, or, like, uh -huh. I, I have to invest four hours in the beginning to get to the first, like, good save point And, like, eh, I don't know about that, you know. Well, JJ, you also did a, uh, you did a thing in COTC while we're talking about it. Oh, hey. Oh, oh hey, this yeah. guy. This, this cool guy. Yeah. We got a, we got a champion in the building. Do we? Of, what? Me? Like. Can we, <laughs> can we get a, a playtime count on your Tiki Lin? Oh, I shouldn't have, I blew it. I blew your Spoilers. announcement. Dude. Oh, whatever. I mean, like, to be fair. Okay, hold like, on. Dude, Michael take, take two. two cups. Take, so. <laughs> take two. Take two. Can we get a play hour? Uh, uh, dang it! Now I take three. Can we get? Can we get a play time count before your announcement? Uh, no, because it's going to take five minutes for it to open on my phone. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm working. I'm working on it while we talk about it. Uh, but I did beat Tiki Lin literally today, the day of this recording. Congratulations, man! That's cool. I still haven't Good done feeling. it. That's um, I think. Once I figured, you know, once I figured sort of the rhythm of the fight out and got more experience with that, it just became a matter of like, okay, this person ran out of MP. I need to make sure I have like better MP restoring accessories on this guy and this guy. It's like, okay, this guy doesn't need that because he's getting regen all the time. I move it, you know, like that kind of stuff. And like equipping everyone with more magic defense stuff. And then I was mostly there. It's definitely a different kind of strategizing and team building than a lot of the regular story content, which you can kind of brute force your way through if you've got a balanced team. If you have balanced armor, a balanced, even an imbalanced team. Uh, balanced armor and a decently balanced team without every single thing, and most of them you can get through as long as your armor and weapons are upgraded for sure. But yeah, um, when you say you imbalanced your um armor for magic did you go all the way or just slightly like oh one helm I gave it, towards magic I, or like i gave i gave every person magic helms or magic defense helms and magic defense armor okay, or maybe so not quite every person but well, almost everyone but you you went as hard to the magic deep side as you possibly could yeah because i was really trying to like the things like i noticed after a couple of attempts that the thing that had been limiting me was i either ran out of sp on healers or my healers got killed because you know i had been you know not diligent in keeping healing up on them um yeah it is that kind of stuff that was 
that was constantly getting me. Not really anything related to the mechanics of the fight. It was like, oh, I was getting too greedy. I should not have attempted to attack there. This was the time to, you know, just block and or just heal, right? I think the because problem I, I, that I had, I tried in one go through, and the problem I had so far is like, I didn't feel like I was making any progress. It is, it, I will say, the fight I won felt like a grind. It's long. And like, yes. and maybe, you know, now that I know what to do and I'm like more comfortable with the fight, I could probably speed it up in, in several places. You know, do you, Michael did, was I, I won with two people dead, right? Okay. Michael, you made an achievement as well. Yeah, so I cleared the Ritu Cup. Did it feel the same in terms of length and difficulty? Like, are they all going to feel kind of the same, or are they different in their terms of their... So I don't want to say the word from, tricks, but what their, their goals are? Yeah, so some of them, they, they do differ from each other, um, from the, the two I've done, and then having read about the other two that we have out now and the one that we're about to get... Um, the one that I finished, uh, Ritu is supposed to be the easiest of the four that we have with Tikulin being the next easiest. Um, I, that's, it's kind of hard to answer. I, I guess it felt a little bit the same, but I guess I was better prepared for what the fight was going to be like. Right. I I had the expectation that, OK, you kind of need to slow play this until you can get the, you know, the additional characters knocked out of the fight. And then it's just you and the arena champion and then things pick up again. And in a lot of the races, from what I understand, uh, at that point, it it kind of becomes a DPS race. Um, the Ritu fight definitely does. Um, you, you know, once once you whittle her health down long enough, um, you have to knock her out before she kills your party. Okay. I think the, like, the key is, like, it, I don't know. Andrew, I never know how far you got in any of the MMOs you played. Did you ever get to, like, the big boss fight stuff? Like I raids? did, uh, like, a Nixia level raid one time. Okay. Yeah, so there there was a concept in raiding uh, that I was like Sithun getting once, to it like a maybe too. Okay, okay. There was like a there's a bunch of really weird aspects of the Cthune fight, um, but there's like this concept of like stabilizing your party at versus the incoming damage versus you know making progress, mm -hmm. and like it can feel like you're treading water for a long time. It, you can yeah. engineer a party that basically will be unkillable but maybe we'll never win, right? And, you know, you can grind some of these fights out, at least the Tikulin one that I did. You can kind of grind out like that. If you can get a party that can put in some damage sometimes, but will survive all the incoming damage, then there's sort of no problems. Okay. But getting to the point where you are stabilized like that, right, can be the tough thing. Like, the first couple turns, like, there was a chance, like, I definitely had a run where... The first turn, it just like one shot one of my characters. And I was like, well, 
Restart. Need that yeah. person alive. <laughs> and that's, that is a thread that apparently runs through a lot of the fights, at least the ones that we have now, is that the most dangerous turn is the first one until you can get your, you know, your buffs set up and your tank taunting. If you're using a tank, um, the first turn is often the, the one that can kill a run. Yeah. And then, you know, once you start like, you know, con- once you're in control of the fight, and you can sort of manage the pace, then the only thing limiting your progress is your SP pool. Or that was my experience anyway in this fight. Yeah. And, you know, then it's just a matter of like, okay, this guy has 200 SP left. I know that's about this many heals. I probably need to like step the damage up a little bit or I'm going to run out of healing by the end, right? And once you've done it enough times, you sort of see how long it takes to get to the various points in the fight. And then once you're down to just the boss, you're like, okay, I have a minute here because like I know the incoming damage is lower than with the other characters up. Now I can restabilize myself and then start my pattern of, you know, how I'm going to damage the boss down, you know, into the various phases and whatever happens. Yeah. So Tiki Lin is apparently one of the few fights that gives you as much latitude as it does to just kind of slow play it out. Yeah, it definitely felt like at certain points in that fight, you could just, stop bothering to damage anyone and as long as you weren't doing damage to them they couldn't do damage you know you knew how much incoming damage was going to happen and you could just stall there forever regen sp if you on people you needed it you know yes yeah it does it does let you it does let you let you do that if you want to and i think it's a good way to get into the idea of an arena fight right how the flow of it is supposed to go okay that's the that's why they gave it to you first, I guess. Yep. Yeah, it it was interesting. Uh, now I will never put this group of characters together again. I don't think they're very effective a team. <laughs> <laughs> so now you, well, I guess your... I will because now I'm gonna have to farm this fight a million times. Apparently, uh, thirteen, 13. times. Mm-hmm. Oh, only thirteen times. That's not if you want the, get you the awakening accessory. for accessory. Yeah. How do I get the other three awakenings? Oh no, it's not. It's not the A four accessory. That's different. Oh, the arena characters have an accessory that's unique to them for uh, just for getting enough arena shards. And then they also get an A4 accessory, I think. Wow. 13 times is the uh, what what I would think is the maximum, because I don't know. You have to do it like 400 times if you want to get the guide stones. And I don't think that's an effective use of your time. 80 something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know about that. It's not so an effective I, use of your time. But maybe once, <laughs> you know, maybe if I decide that I'm going to level her and use her a bunch, I can find, like, easy ways to get through that fight. But Well, I hear she's good against Ritu. She is, and that's, that is why I worked, I ground my way through 13 of those fights was to get her accessory. Uh, because plus 150 elemental attack is real nice. That is quite a lot. That's a lot considering she's a normal character before that. Yeah, it took I I ran a test with and without the accessory and against the same enemy under the same conditions. Her damage went from like 5000 per hit to 7250 per hit. Oh, uh, yeah, that's extremely significant. <laughs> <laughs> Big help. now is it how does that accessory work? Can she's the only one that can equip it? Yes, that one is unique. Unlike that's so that's the other difference between these and A4 accessories. A4 accessories can be equipped by anyone, but these are character specific. 
So uh, the nice thing about that is that they are they are tuned for each arena champion's skill set. I like it. 377 oh. hours, JJ. Okay. Uh I'm I'm almost it's almost food. <laughs> <laughs> I lied. I had it open then I closed it. Um yeah. I'll I'll get us the number. It's coming. It's it's less than that. Yeah, I think you've passed me at this point too, Andy. Oh no. I got to stop yeah, falling asleep with my phone on. <laughs> That'll do it. But speaking of little boxes to play uh to play games on, Andy, tell us about DOSBox. It's a very tiny box, but you can full screen it. Um we talked at at length before the end of 2020. Hey, wait a minute. Is this our first? No. This isn't our first live podcast of the year. That's right. No. No. Okay. We did one already. Well, anyway, at the end of 2022, we talked a good amount about what to do if you want to play old games. Uh, you know, the hardware, emulators, the hard, original hardware, and emulators were a big discussion that we had. And... um emulation became kind of like stuck in my brain a little bit and that was evidenced i think by us trying to get retroarch working on the steam deck spoiler it works pretty well teaser there might be a little bit of something that works better soon to come 150 hours and 37 minutes okay so in half the time you've already beaten tiki land so i'm not being efficient with my time and I'm at 358 for comparison. I'm not being efficient with my time somehow. I mean, you know, I have done nearly zero traveler stories or not, not nearly zero, but pretty darn close to not none of them compared to you guys. Yeah, I'm all mine are done. And they are, they are a not insignificant amount of time. <laughs> They're a lot of time. A lot. So many, so many that I haven't done. I do your five star ones for sure. Oh, I usually do them when I start like getting to the point that I need to level those people. Yeah. They're good for early level, like an early level for sure. Um, I got in my brain that I wanted to try some old games with a a kiddo that was interested in playing games. And, uh, I don't like a lot of the new games, you know, that Roblox is pretty, uh, predatory. Let's say. In my opinion. <laughs> Oops. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, I think a little bit of the games don't have to be that hard or that uh, complicated to be interesting to younger kids. And so I was like, you know, what about those DOS games that we played? Those like education games, like learning company games. And all those, they don't really run anymore, even though I have a disc or two of them. Um, and you can make ISOs. Uh, and by you, I mean, I did make ISOs. And I tried to get them running, and they just don't. They won't run. Even in compatibility mode or whatever you want to try. Yeah, I mean, those games were designed for Windows 95, maybe? No, Windows. If you're lucky. Previous to Windows 95, I think. Yeah, you're when, you're not likely one, to get anything which, pre-Windows 95. Was it Windows or 3 easily. or whatever that ran in DOS? 3X, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think they made Windows 95 versions of all the learning company games. I'm, I think you're right, actually. But the versions I had don't 
they don't run. So, um, uh, you know, a little bit of research said I needed to try out DOSBox and get the DOS versions of the games. And I, I am amazed at how much of a one-stop solution it is. The only tricky part is like figuring out how to fake a C drive because it can't really read your C drive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you need to you need to use a phantom drive program. Uh you don't even have to do that. It's built into DOSBox that you can mount a phantom drive from a folder. Oh, there you go. Uh you yeah. just have to know that <laughs> cuz it initially gives you the Z drive as your um prompt and you just sit there like, uh now what? Now what do I do? How do I you know get these things going? Um but yeah, I mean, it it sure is DOS. It just puts together the DOS games and off you go. I don't run into any something you fooled with before, but that process is very similar to how a lot of virtual machines work, Andy. Oh, okay. So that that process was was immediately familiar to me. Like, oh, okay, I'm going to designate this as the folder that I can get to outside of this little uh, you know, enclosure. Yeah, it is. It's basically just a tiny little, uh, you know, what's Superman's and, and this glass is, world. It's a tiny little virtual machine for DOS. Yeah. And it yeah. somehow tricks, you know, everything inside of it into thinking that the, you know, the processor is the right speed and there's not too much RAM. You have to set how much RAM to provide. Um, they give you a suggestion. It's like you shouldn't provide more than probably like a hundred megabytes. Yeah. DOS was never run at anything with large sizes. If you try to get it to open a folder containing gigabytes of data, it's going to explode. This is fun. I really, um, got very nostalgic and started trying to find ways to play things that I played as a kid, you know? And, uh, Duke Nukem. Dude, you could play Duke Nukem on your phone for free right now. <laughs> so, that and Doom. Is it, the old, is it the old, like, DOS one? Uh, you can find the old DOS. Oh, you mean on your phone? I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure you can find one. Um, well, maybe not Duke Nukem. Maybe just Doom. I don't know. Well, I definitely put Wolfenstein and uh, what was the other one that I really I wanted to find? Oh, Silent Service, the submarine game. And... Uh, yeah, some uh, Worms. Did you remember Worms oh, yeah. was a DOS game? I didn't remember Worms was a DOS game. I didn't. I didn't know I didn't, that, but okay. I didn't either. I remember the game, but I didn't remember it being a DOS game. I thought it was like Windows ninety five, but yeah, there's a Worms for DOS. I've been afraid of doing emulation and trying it out and getting down the rabbit hole, and now I know why. It's a heck of a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> rabbit hole but good yes i mean yes if you if you're not uh alice and you're a grown adult human being and you can go down a rabbit hole without uh getting stuck there it's probably a fun place to be yeah yeah it's it's fun to to tinker with uh with those kinds of things get them up and running well very cool um so i don't know uh about you, JJ, but I have been playing something a little bit new. Okay. Um, picked up 
uh, at the Steam sale a an old uh, I'd say SNES style um, platform driven game called Owlboy. Oh, okay. Well, what? Owl boy? Like a owl boy, boy that is an owl? Uh sort of. Yes. He's in a uh he's a, a young boy who can't speak. Um, but he is in a um what do you want to call it? A uh a like society of protectors called that are uh that have abilities similar to owls. Okay. Uh, and so you you fly around the various lands with uh, different objectives, fighting bosses. Uh, and part of the battle mechanic is that you can pick up and carry other characters. Uh, and each of the each of the characters that you can pick up uh, has a different kind of weapon that they can use and fire as you carry them around. And you can put them down and use them to solve puzzles. And it's 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 very much a, you know, a, a puzzle platformer. This looks fun. I'm yeah, looking at, I'm yeah, looking at some pictures. This is really pretty looking. Yeah, the artwork is great. Um, it's not. There's nothing about it that's that's super difficult. So it's it's kind of a chill time, but it definitely harkens back to the sort of SNES and that era of of art style of platforming games. Uh, but it's been uh, it's been fun and just a kind of a chill way to you know spend a few minutes doing something that's not a a long RPG. This uh, every game I look at now, I'm like, mm, that looks like a little bit of a Steam Deck game. <laughs> oh, this one would be a great Steam Deck game. This game is on Switch, also. Oh, is yes, it? It is. Oh, is it? Another one to put on the list. Yeah. I, when I was looking at pictures, the first Im- the hit I got was the S- Switch box art. <laughs> oh, I sw- <laughs> interesting. I went straight to uh, the Steam store to find pictures. <laughs> Because he said he got it on Steam. That makes sense, though, to check and see where else things are available. Not on Game Pass. Uh, Yet. Or I wonder if it may have previously been on Game Pass, but has since rotated. Yeah, I mean, it came out in 2016, so it's possible. I think, JJ, uh, that may be another another project we we could think about. What? You know. Game Pass, Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one might be more difficult than the emulation one. I was confident yeah. that we could do the emulation one. I'm less confident about that one. <laughs> but I can't. I can't read Linux, as we discovered. I mean, it's a, it's a I, team I, effort. I don't have a problem with that. The problem is going to be more the. Although, actually, wait a minute. No, I think there's no problem with uh, that because don't you just do like install microsoft edge and then you're fine yeah can't you I'll play all it. game pa- can't you play all game pass stuff in a browser and then you just do that like through cloud or whatever i mean it's not like you're you know i, I don't know if you want to play the games locally but like you know i generally prefer just, that i've tried i tried somebody's stadia once and it was uh is the uh, the yeah. x cloud stuff is pretty far different from stadia so oh really huh but it, anyway, how, I think oh, that should that we might get into la- how that's different or do we need to research? how? No, that's because I haven't done enough work to answer that. But OK. But, you know, that might be the only option for games that are like, hey, install Windows. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a good point because I but don't I mean, think I guess, they've you know, found a way to install Windows on these things yet. Oh, that's not true. You definitely can do that. Uh, the way that I can do it versus, <laughs> yeah, it would be complicated. <laughs> I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, puzzle platformer. Sorry, Michael. Yeah. So uh, you know, I put I put just a couple hours into it so far, um, and it's just it's nice to have to have a game that's not super something super taxing you know just sort of turn your brain off and and enjoy a fun little story do a little jump into a little flying so is this so you you say like puzzle platformer is a lot of this like lemming style where you got to like carry people around the level to specific points or are you trying more to like you know jump on enemies heads like mario like what what is the no, so there. the the com so the combats in this one is is a little bit more like the combat in uh, say Link to the Past, where it's all active for whatever screen you're on at the time, right? So when you make a screen transition, the screen scrolls over and you're in a new area with with new enemies. Um, the puzzling is pretty light. Um, a lot of it revolves around you know you have each of the the uh, characters that helps you that you can pick up and carry around can interact with the environment in different ways. So one of them can knock objects over or break stone walls. Another one of them can set fire to roots and branches that are in your way. And it's figuring out the combinations of where do I need to go and who do I need to have with me to be able to get past this obstacle to the next area. Gotcha. Okay, so more more like platformer slash Metroidvania than uh, actual just like Mario style platformer. Uh, yeah, I would say you know the the comparison that comes to mind in terms of platforming and combat versus puzzle solving is something like Ori. Okay, I mean Ori is a straight up Metroidvania with like more. I don't know how to describe Ori's combat, but different combat. But is yeah, it is it Ori or is it Terraria? Because this is all looks like it's like you're exploring. Yeah, so I, I haven't played Terraria to be able to compare. But like, are there places you can't get to on the map because you need a new person you haven't met yet? Yes. Okay. That's very Ori then. Yes, yes, it is. Okay. Well, that's, this seems cool. Yeah, so, you know, up up to the point that I've gotten, would recommend. I'll play some more. We'll report back. Cool. Uh, but it sounds like I'm not the only one who's been uh, playing something new, maybe, JJ? Yeah, I mentioned I was playing um, Bayonetta, but I actually finished that like two nights after we talked about that last. So. <laughs> Efficient Oops. use of time. We're not very long. No, nah, the games are the games are not very long, and I the last boss was pretty tough, and I don't know that I want to go do that again on like New Game Plus or whatever. I think um, we've talked about New Game Plus and our opinions on it before. Really, well, like the fun again, like those the Bayonetta games. The only problem is that like so in large parts of the game, the combat is way too easy, and then much later in the game, the combat is too hard. And so you're like, oh, well, like in the early game, if I could like bring it up to like hard or extreme difficulty or whatever, the game would be more fun. But then you would just be in tears, <laughs> like by the time you get to the late game, you know. 
Yeah, the I don't ramp, know how you solve that problem. There's not a good ramp rate on the difficulty, is what you're saying. Yeah, it's just like they expect you to get better at the combat than I do, and so then I'm like still mashing out the combo that I was using 17 levels ago, and that's not how you win in these games. Right. Um, but yeah, so uh, let's just change tax completely and talk about Marvel's Midnight Suns, which I started playing. Oh, yeah. And I have so I've heard some good things about this and I want to hear I want to hear about your experience, JJ. So I gosh, I don't know where to start with this game. Did you guys all play Fire Emblem Three Houses? Uh, I started it and I didn't go back to it. It I fell off it. I I didn't play, but I've seen it played. This game has like very strong Fire Emblem Three Houses vibes with like you live in a big monastery. There's a lot of people there that you can go talk to and hang out with and like rank up your friendships. Except that then there's a bunch of like weird mystery puzzles and stuff on the grounds, as opposed to three houses felt like the monastery was there so that you could go collect stories from the people in it. Whereas this one feels more like, yeah, you can hang out with your buds and like go swimming with Wolverine or whatever. But really, it's more like, oh, there's like spooky mysteries here and you're going to go explore them in your off time. I wonder, I mean, Three Houses came out in like 2019. Midnight Suns is a 2022, mid mid 2022 game. You know, uh, is this a zeitgeist thing? Could be. I don't know. I mean, know. the game would have already been slightly in development before Three Houses came out, but maybe they added some stuff because they liked it or they were kind of on the could, same path. Could be. The difference is the... And then once you actually get into the missions and the combat, they could be not could not be any more different, right? Sure. Yeah. Also, the combat like a, not XCOM uh, was no, what um, not at all. What Shire was saying? Yeah. Not only is it not XCOM, like don't think about XCOM. <laughs> it's not <laughs> that's some other game over there, not related to this game, despite the fact <laughs> that it was made by similar people. It's it's card based, right? Yes, but really, yes, it is. There are cards, but really more what it's about is almost in some weird ways, like now that I'm getting more into it and like, I'll just try to explain what it is and and stop me if you guys get confused. Uh, You bring three heroes on each mission. You get to select from a roster that's, uh, you know, increases as the game goes on and you meet more people and whatever. And each hero brings a set of cards with them. Every turn, you draw uh, up to a certain number of cards in your hand, and then you get to take actions. And it's the game is turn-based, uh, typically. It's like you take all your actions, and then you end your turn, and then the opponents act, right? You can see what the enemies are going to do uh, most of the time, right? They have like little arrows saying, I'm going to attack this person, or I'm going to do this thing, right? Um... And you get so many card plays per turn. You get so many chances to redraw cards. If you're like, all right, well, I don't need any of these or I can't use them. I can redraw and try and get something else. You get so many chances to move heroes from one position to a different position that isn't doesn't take an action, right? Because w- when you play an action card, they may move across the map to execute it. But they're not going to like move otherwise unless you're using this move action, right? Okay. And you generate various resources. Every hero kind of has their own unique set or mechanics. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, your your base, uh, your base hero, the created character is called the hunter. 
uh, they have this like light dark mechanic where light cards do certain things and dark cards do different things. And then, <laughs> you know, you can combine them. Uh-huh. The All right. uh, like a more obvious one, um, Iron Man has a whole bunch of cards that chain together where once you play a certain number of Iron Man cards, you can use this card where he like opens up the rockets on his back and shoots a million little missiles out, you know, yeah. Iron Man. And the more Iron Man cards you have in your hand, when you play that card, the more little missiles you get to shoot at different people. Okay. Um, Spider-Man has mechanics where, like, uh, he's very good at, like, knocking people around the battlefield or, like, quickly chaining between multiple enemies. Uh, Blade has a bunch of, like, lifesteal stuff because he's a vampire. Um, Ghost Rider creates holes and knocks people into them and then can, like, go drive over them in a car. You know, like... <laughs> Very comic book stuff, um, but every hero's deck plays differently and wants you to do different things so that when you draw a mix of these cards, you're like, all right, well, I can do like two things with Blade here, and then I can use this action with Doctor Strange to buff my other cards and like next turn then do, you know, you kind of set up these sort of little actions in your hand. It feels a little bit like playing Magic in some ways to me. Uh, I mean, I also play a lot of Magic the Gathering, so maybe that's just a general feeling, but really the combat ends up coming to a you know you, you only get like so many actions but you have way more cards than actions every turn right this sounds so like a very complicated not complicated but a very dense version of hero clicks maybe it definitely feels like they've built the the game and the like they've built the enemies in such a way that there's like two classes of enemies there's like dudes that yeah. every hero can kill with one action. Like yeah. It, yeah. The, yeah. the the like gen, the hydra guy with a gun will be killed by anything. A strong breeze, you knock him into a flagpole, <laughs> anything, that guy is dead. <laughs> right? And then there's the like buff hydra dudes with like huge armor and shields and guns. Okay, these guys you have to hit maybe like 3 times, you know? And and your heroes don't die, right? Immediately because would you does the Hydra guy with a gun get to kill Iron Man? No, but he like goes down and then you have to use an action card, getting him to stand back up at half health. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is and, all sure. base hero click stuff, limited actions, yeah. developed yeah. actions per character, characters stronger at one thing than another. The knockdown mechanic, like you just described is a thing in hero clicks. The cards exist, but they're not kind of the same as this that you're describing. Cool. So the card stuff feeds into how the heroes play outside of battle also, because the deck is like a, you know, a physical set of cards you bring with them. I think it's like eight of which there has to be a certain mix of certain types of cards in there. But then, you know, as the game goes on in the monastery, you can then, you know, go upgrade your cards to get more rare versions of cards. <laughs> you can also upgrade them to combine two cards into a stronger version you can train your hero's stats so that the various stats they use, if, you know, oh, well, now I've increased my damage potential, so I'm going to do two more damage with every card, right? Things of, the, of this nature. There's a stat that affects crits. There's a stat that affects knockbacks. There's a stat that gives you armor at the start, right? Like, all kinds of stuff like this. And that's the real way you can customize. So you're like, oh, you know, I really use this character as a support character more often, okay, I'm going to take some of these attacking cards out because they're not as good as this other one, and I'm going to 
you know, when I get more supporting cards, switch those in or upgrade the supporting cards to be more powerful. Um, and then, you know, you have like so many cosmetic options. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you, how much time do you want to spend changing the colors and the outfits and, you know, all the various like color palettes of all the heroes? This game is going to let you do that. Uh, a lot if you want rabbit hole yeah totally and you know the the created character you have like obviously like crazy control over you can change almost everything about the character the kinds of outfit they're wearing the you have them make them have horns the mask no mask what colors all the various outfits are and stuff and you have some control over the the non-created characters you know you can have dr strange wearing like all black or all white or like some weird, you know, metro color scheme or whatever they name. They have weird names for all of them. Um, you know, you can put Blade in like the Miami suit where it's like white and red instead of black and red, <laughs> right? I like um, it. But, you know, it, it's less control there because you can't like Blade is still wearing Blade's jacket. He's not like you're going to take that off without, you know, unlocking like a legendary color palette or something for him, right? And so far, all of the stuff that I have seen, there are paid microtransactions in the game, and you pay to buy, like, different skins. That's the only thing I've seen. It's like, oh, do you want the, like, future armor-looking Doctor Strange? Okay, you have to pay for that one. It has no gameplay benefit over the regular-looking one, and you can't change its colors. Yeah, see if you're gonna if you're gonna include microtransactions in a game like that, that's the way to do it. And Something maybe you can there's completely ignore. Exactly. Yeah. And trust me, there are already too many heroes <laughs> to like keep up with leveling all of them. So like don't even bother. If they sell new ones, like what would you do? Like you can't use that. You you already don't have enough people to fit on your you already have too many people to feed on your current team, right? So Yeah. It's been interesting. The story is really, really comic book. I would say all the stuff is like they have a really great way of like when they first introduce a character or whatever, almost like Saturday morning cartoon style. You get this like intro shot where it like zooms in on them and like puts up the sign that's like, you know, Captain America does things the old fashioned way or something like that, you know, and like a big like cartoon font or whatever. You feel you feel like this is a comic book and like you're doing comic book stories and comic book stuff. Um, it doesn't evident. it doesn't forget where it came from in tr- in trying to be a modern game. Yeah, but also like it's very clearly not trying to let you know like hey, this isn't the MCU. This is like some completely other thing. The characters don't look like that. You know, they talk about mutants. There's a bunch of X-Men in this game. <laughs> you know. It does come from Midnight Suns, so. Yeah, which I know very little about. Um so I've been enjoying it. It's been really, really fun. The story is, you know, is what it is so far. I really have not gotten very far, um, but it's cool. I, and, you know, they have like really interesting mechanics for bosses um, because similar to your characters, you know, it's not. If three heroes team up on Venom or whatever, like is Venom going to win? No. Right. <laughs> he shouldn't. Yeah. Unless, you, you know, think. the comic book needs him to. Unless the comic book needs them to. And so then they have fun ways of doing that kind of stuff. So it's it's cool. I'm enjoying it so far. It seems like it's relatively long, though. So, you know, I'll be at this for a while, I suspect. 
Cool. Well, I uh, that feels kind of like a good place to stop for this week, I think. So uh, if people want to tell us what they've been playing in the new year, uh, where should they do that? Uh, they can send that to podcast at weweregamers.com. And uh, I think Andy and I will definitely take a look and be interested in the what's the new hotness. Is it Owlboy? Is it might be Blazeball? Might be the return of Blazeball. Yeah, yeah. Not much to say yet. It's, the return of Blazeball is just old Blazeball with a newer menu. We'll see. Yeah, it seems so far to be very basic, but they did say they were going to start out slow. So I'm good with that. Uh, 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 YouTube.com/slash at We Were Gamers. Hey, there it is. Oh yes, good cause. Good. So save. check us out. There's going to yeah, be like, videos. Like those videos. Subscribe to that channel. It's good stuff. Yeah. 